What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. As always, we've got some pretty fun hobby stuff to talk about. We got a fun topic today, something I think a lot of people overlook. We'll get into that in a little bit. But first, Brent, what have you been doing in the last couple of weeks? Painting anything? Building anything? What's going on? All of the above, Casey. All of the above. Good. That's what I like to hear. All right. We'll start teasing something now. We're going to see if it actually happens. It's always a 50-50. Maybe the odds aren't necessarily even that good. But I'm going to start teasing something that's probably going to happen. I have been challenged to a game of one-paged rules, and one-page rules actually has a lot of games, but I've been challenged to a game of Grim Dark <laughs> Future from, from one-page right, rules. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have been selecting my army, I've been printing mm. an army, I've been painting an army, or, or at least coming up with a paint scheme so far, and um, I, don't e I don't even know how much to tease here, but let's just say my <laughs> mysterious challenger will be playing uh, Demons of Chaos. Is, is that enough for people? Write in the comments, I mean... go to youtube.com slash paint bravely the podcast. There's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guess and who your secret challenger is. mysterious challenger is. Demons of Chaos. Demons of Chaos. It's not Casey. It's not Casey. No, it's it's not me. I I don't think I'd pick that army. I don't even know okay. what army I'd pick. Well, let me tell you what army <laughs> I picked, Casey. Yeah, that's I what I want to know. The, the Saurian Star Host, which is uh, Saurians space in space. So lizard people in space and, and lizard folk yeah. yeah so we've got this big uh crocs crocodile guy kind of um and we have these little geckos and those are pretty cool um and we've got these other lizards that are riding dinosaurs and they all have space armor on and they got guns and like weird aztec maces in addition to their space guns it's it's real good stuff. It's real good stuff. Maybe I'm not describing it well, but it's it's real good, real good. So, uh, one page rules is uh, one of the STL companies basically that also puts out these rule sets, and I'm excited. It it, it seems to be a, a good combination. I did print out the one page of rules. Turns out there's there's more than one page if you want to do that, but I do want to show you here. Three ring binder. If you heard that clack, quick clack. Yeah, snap. Unsnap that binder. Is that the one page of rules? Yeah, if you're listening at home, the uh, the flapping of a single double-sided piece of paper here <laughs> is, is the one page of rules. So it the, is technically one page. Yeah. For the, the rules. As yeah, it so this is like the condensed rules fit on... Well, two sides of one piece of paper, and that's then still one page. I think that's there's still, a, there's a longer okay. rule book one piece that has, of paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's sixteen pages that have a lot of pictures in it. That's kind of like the the more reasonably sized rule book, and then you know, I should probably subscribe to their Patreon and get the the extended edition. But uh, yeah, right, it is a the, reasonably the sized rule book. book. Yeah, I mean, sixteen pages on its own is like. That's doable. That's nice. It is. And the first like one that. is just a big picture that says Grim Dark Future on it. 
anyway this is this is one of the things that's coming up <laughs> for me so i have been having a lot of fun painting bravely and finding some nice lizard colors uh i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to have some bright colors on the scales uh, mm -hmm. anything between green blue purple that side of the spectrum for lizard scales and i think i'm mm -hmm. going to do white armor or like off white armor okay that, yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be a nice balance like like kind of the bone armor but you know with bright colors mixed in so less dark eldar more space lizard yeah, yeah get a All lot right, of so colors in there yeah. but then use the armor to unify everything mm -hmm. um and also having it be a neutral color kind of kind of makes it sane enough like like i want right. i want tons of different colors on the scales i love that stuff but just 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 chill it out a little bit with some nice beige all over everything too like <laughs> yeah just, yeah <laughs> just just tone it down to yeah dial it right. down to a nine nine point five real good real good it also feels like if you zenithly highlight everything before you paint it and you get the nice bright colors on your uh, white armor is like three quarters of the way already there. Like covering that up with something else isn't going to be as difficult as say another color, any other color really. I hate to do this to you, Casey, but I'm thinking of putting the colors on first and then painting on sure. the off white. It, it remains well, to be answered. I'm, <laughs> I'm still in the discovery phase here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's one of those things that that's that's one of those like decisions that you have to like come to doing right. testing and all that stuff because that is the question. Do you paint the skin or do you paint the armor? Right. Do you airbrush? Do you brush? Like I mean if you're going for something pretty light, man, that's it's putting some work ahead of you to get that done with like a paintbrush. This is this is a real question here. So, a bit later yeah. in this episode, if we have time, we'll do a main topic. We'll do a main topic of this episode. We're going to talk about painting mm -hmm. mistakes. And one mm -hmm. of the painting mistakes I want to talk about is if you have the wrong underpainting color for what you're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And a great example is anytime you're trying to paint uh, white or something very close to white. Some of these colors, you need a lot of layers to, to get some opacity. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you just have some, some bright blue and bright green skink colors, uh, <coughs> gecko colors underneath that, <laughs> it's a little bit harder to get that white on. So Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So that'll, that'll yeah. be interesting. You'll have to, to keep us updated on that, how that army is, is coming out, too. Because right. I definitely want to see that... Uh, I want to see, I mean, I assume you're doing pictures. You probably throw some stuff up on Twitter and Instagram. This is like painting some space lizard. As it gets, as doing. it gets going. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah no, there's, there's just a lot of little, little cool features on these models that I'm excited about. Like these, these are the littlest lizards, the geckos, they have the space shield that looks, mm. you know, honestly, it kind of reminds me of, of the shields in actually Warhammer fantasy, the lizard men faction. There's there's a little oh, bit of a similarity yeah. here, yeah. So, so, the, so they're kind of like Aztec-y a little bit, like that kind of vibe. A little bit, but the energy shields. It's uh, what, what I want to draw attention to is that the, they're 
they're not scaly shields the way that lizard men have scaly right, shields, but they're yeah. like hexagon shields, and it kind of looks like it, like an energy shield sort of thing. Uh-huh, okay. Which is going to be really fun to paint because you get some sweet color transitions in there. Maybe some some crazy edge highlighting on some hexagons. Oh, that man. does sound fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, not not at all like the the lizard men from Warhammer Fantasy. No, that's completely different. It's I different. like that. That's yeah. that's new. That's fresh. But uh, yeah, I gotta get some of those shields in my army. Um, turns out, one page rules on their website actually has a really good list builder. Like, uh, really? <laughs> uh, I I know there's been a little bit of news about uh, what's it called? What's what's the army builder that had some news lately? Oh, Battle Scribe. I go. actually I I did follow that today. That that broke. Tell Battle us. Scribe was taken off the uh, iOS store. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude got on and tweeted, I don't know, an hour later that, uh, he forgot to update his credit card information and it expired. So they took it off the store. <laughs> so he updated it's back on. It's no big deal. But yeah, that was kind of like, oh, what's going on here? Kind of threw me for a minute. Uh, cause I've been a, I've been a subscriber, an extra payment kind of guy for that app for a while. Uh, that's a pretty good app. And uh, I was like, it's kind of freaking out a little bit because okay. I don't, I don't use any of the other ones. Well, if you ever get into one page rules, the the list builder is better than Battle Scribe. I'll tell you that. Wow. Yeah, I'll tell you that for nothing. That's that's high praise. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, man, I feel like I'm I'm being forced into this kind of corner with one page rules. Like I'm getting hit from all angles, you know. Like, I put out a few videos now where, you know, I've talked about 3D printing and, you know, Warhammer stuff and not Warhammer stuff. And everybody is like, well, uh, if you just looked at one page rules, you would have saved yourself, uh, you know, this entire video. You wouldn't have had to make it, you know. Uh, you like I, about your I, future rat men? Well, future rat, yes, yeah, space rats in the future. I definitely knew about them. Uh, but that was one of them. Uh, I did a Tomb Kings video like the week before that. And literally everyone's like, oh, you know, who's got some real good Tomb Kings? <laughs> one page rules. Yeah, they, they do. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I don't even remember. I think it was like the pocket hammer video I did like a couple years ago. And it was like, oh, you know, you could just take a bunch of one page rules and uh, shrink them down tiny. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Which is a really good idea. But, you know, um. Yeah, just but I haven't quite made the leap. I haven't made that jump over yet. Um, and I don't know. Like I, I've downloaded all the books. I've I've had them for a long time, and just I don't know. Haven't made the leap. So I am looking uh, forward to seeing your progress on these space lizard space geckos, whatever they're called. Sarian <laughs> Starhost. Starhost isn't that that's a S S H Sarian Starhost. Is is the right. official abbreviation the, the gamer speak? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that because I I I think at some point I am gonna make that leap and and I don't know I've been thinking about making another pocket hammer video and uh, that might be probably the best option anyways it's just to to get some of that stuff and make that um yeah because that sounds fun and I've been. Meaning to get my 3D printing back together. 
back on track. I haven't used my 3D printers in a good six, eight months. And they still, they're sitting, they, they should work, they should be working. Uh, I replaced, you know, FEPs before that, and uh, they're still resin in, in the vats, but, you know, that's fine. I'll just use my finger and kind of jumble it up a little, see how that goes. <laughs> it's worth a try. You might as well. <laughs> <laughs> see how many failed prints I get before I end up dumping it back into a bottle and going through the entire terrible process of resin resin printing oh man yeah yeah so that's something i've been doing this week is is seeing if i have a, a working 3d printer or not and yeah yeah casey you and i were talking about this before we turned on the microphone but us youtubers are in a strange situation where where companies will send us 3d printers to test out um and they seem to have a lifespan or, or, or that's a good way to put it. A shelf life. Yeah. But it, there's an element of luck to it too. It's <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, too. <laughs> it, it's not like the planned obsolescence happens at exactly the three years, the way it does for iPhones or something like that. It's like, right, right. Uh, they could break on day one. That's how this works. They could break on day one, <laughs> or you could get three years of use out of them, or right. somewhere in between. Uh, I don't it, know. It definitely it feels like a crapshoot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of like I. I think I got my first printer like maybe three years ago. Maybe I'd have to look. Mm -hmm. It might two and a half, maybe two, like somewhere in there. And as far as I know. It still works. I haven't used it in a year and a half, but it worked the last time I used it. So unless something terrible happened, it should technically work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you, okay, we were also talking and like, okay, I, I feel uncomfortable giving like a really negative review on a product that might just be a lemon that I got that mm -hmm. and everybody else's is fine. I feel weird about that. Um, I, for what was it? Hero Forge. I did a review for Hero Forge and I mentioned that, yeah, it, it took me like two days for them to send me my, my Hero Forge files. Mm -hmm. And, and I just got a wall of comments being like, I got mine in two minutes. What are you talking about? You know, you know, it's just <laughs> right. Right. And, <laughs> And, and so that was a situation where I think I had a uniquely bad experience, but mm. then I pushed that out to a hundred thousand viewers. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's fair to either the company or potential customers. Like, I mean, it's fair enough from something like that because it's like a consumer product. That's a website. Your experience is still valid. Like True. other people probably had that experience. Most people may not have that experience, but that's what you had when you went there. Right. I think getting a product is a little bit different because, you know, like you're saying, like we are in this weird position where we do get these printers sent to us to try out and to review and to talk about. And more often they're like pre-production, like pre before a Kickstarter goes live or before something else. Um, you know, I got the, the Anycubic DLP printer. Um, and it didn't work at all. Mm. Like it turned on. Um, and then I was, you know, talking to their tech support for a couple of weeks. Cause they're like, Hey, we, you know, we want to get this video going and all this stuff. And it's like, that doesn't work. 
Like, I literally can't make it work. You know, it printed garbage for like a week of me messing with it, and then it just stopped working. And they're like, just gut it. Take it apart. See what's going on on the inside. It's like, I'm not, I don't know how to fix your printer. Right. Like, we're t- I mean, it's it's hard enough as it is to just set one up, right? To have it be proper. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like taking ribbons off and like reconnecting them going, I, I hope this is going to do something. And it yeah. just doesn't work at all now. <laughs> there, There is that element of sometimes we get printers earlier or one of the first people to have them. And so that there aren't YouTube videos out there and FAQs with like, okay, it this ribbon constantly does come untied. You gotta unscrew these screws, lift this plate, put the ribbon yeah. back in like this, push until you feel a click, add some electrical tape so it doesn't go anywhere, close it back up. <laughs> right. Like that <laughs> that tutorial, that that little two minute video on YouTube does not exist for us. So a lot yeah. of times we get this printer like I I don't know, it doesn't work. I don't got time. Yeah. I don't got time for this. Put it under the desk. Well, that too, right? Like we're yeah. we're uh, like on a a schedule generally. Like I'm on a time crunch. If I get sent a, a printer, I mean, I know you're not. You just make videos willy nilly, like whenever you want. Right, 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 right. Yeah, some here Goober Town. I can make them whatever faster whatever if the printers do. worked, though. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like when that happened to me, it threw, it threw off my schedule pretty good. Sure. Like I had to shift and do something twice as fast as I normally would have because this, I was relying on this thing to like get there. So yeah, Yeah. it can be an issue. And we've said this before, but 3d printing is its own hobby. It takes up some serious time when you get down or actually spending time working with these printers, even when they work. I mean, it takes four hours to print something and then you're cleaning stuff up and resetting the printer. Like it takes time. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the reason I'm bringing this up now is I have five resin printers in my basement. One of them I know to be functional at this moment. Four of them definitely have problems at this moment. I think I know the fix for a couple of them. Um, but but again, I'm not going to make a re- review video on f- all four of these partially busted printers. Right. <laughs> but I can tell you that right now I have a printer from Anycubic, Frozen, Longer, and Elegoo. All those four are currently in not so good working condition. <laughs> um, luckily, I, I had one more printer from Cre- uh, this. It happens to be a Creality printer that is working at this point in time. <laughs> That's also, is that the newest one you got? <laughs> I don't think it is, actually. Okay. No, okay. This this one, when I got it, it actually did seem like a, a half notch up in quality for, right. <laughs> for that generation. But mm-hmm. um, I would like to see kind of as the, the industry of 3D printing, resin 3D printing kind of matures, I would like to see more and more videos and reviews talking about the uh, disposable tech nature of of Mm -hmm. 3d printing i'd like to see more videos of of people figuring out how to fix some of these things that are that are not working um i would i would like to see that be more of the culture than it is Um, yeah because i agree (laughs) because i like to get 
use out of things. I I don't like to generate waste. Like I, it's right. doesn't feel well, great and- to have four busted printers and one working one. I'll tell you that. Um, but anyway, in the process of figuring out what was working and what was not, I mean, that was like a solid, at least an afternoon, realistically, like a day <laughs> <Right>. of work. <laughs> uh, uh, just just replacing the clear uh, FEP, FEP, yeah, the clear FEP film at the bottom of the yeah. resin fats, that is unscrewing a whole lot of screws to, yeah. to, to replace one of those. Like and 20, then you, then you the fill bottom. it up with resin and you press the start button and the print plate goes down and <laughs> and and then the printer just starts going <laughs> and the light doesn't turn on. It's just it's grinding just like, ah, against the LCD. Like, no. Well, better to tune up the creality now. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's so terrible, too. Those FEPs take a minute to change. Yeah. And for that um, to happen is is such bad luck. And again, again, that's that's why it's it's so messed up is because you and I like we don't get that bent out of shape about it because we have no. other free printers in our collection yeah. that we can tune to turn to. Mm-hmm. But like if if I'd spent three hundred bucks on that printer and that was my only printer and I really wanted to print out this uh, this gecko from the Saurian Star host. I would be in a very bad mood. Oh like, yeah, for very sure. Very bad mood. I would. I yeah. would have also spent an extra couple of hours researching information for that printer, common mm-hmm. maladies and fixes. But man, and yeah, I, I've got to tell you one other thing. I, I, Hit me. Yeah, lay it on me. I think it was two <laughs> days ago now, but I. I just got another email from Creality. Hey, we have a new model of printer coming out. Do you want to test it? I was just like, yes, actually. I'm running low. I'm running low. <laughs> yeah, I'm running low. I only got one. I need a backup. Just send it on over. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, that man. Was, that was from Creality. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm still using your LD002R, but uh, yeah. Experience tells me that it could go at any moment. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean the the interesting thing is because you're talking about like you're hoping that the the 3D printing culture kind of starts getting behind the, like the disposable nature of some of these things, right? Or or like the- uh, yeah, really figuring out how to fix it, having there be like multiple uh, stores or, or online vendors mm-hmm. where you can go to buy replacement play uh, replacement parts generic yeah. replacement parts uh, i'm sure some of this exists already and we're just not as tuned in as we should be but probably we sh- like we should be tuned in like <laughs> i mean we should be like we we if, obviously if use we know 3D the rules to one enough. page rules we should know <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> two online vendors that we can go to to get a six inch you know, yeah 2k mono screen to replace on on these printers like that should well, be that's, something that's that what i was gonna say is that the lcds the lifespan for just the lcds which in itself is like a waste to throw away there's lots of things in there that can be recycled that that won't ever be mm-hmm. um it's like 2000 hours i think is like the max for those sure. for any of them sure. like like you can buy a five thousand dollar 3d printer like your screen it only lasts for two thousand hours and if you're printing stuff out and it's like well that was a that was say a five hour print like you're gonna hit two thousand 
Oh, like, sure. Pretty quick. Yep. Like, it's not great. Right. And, and I mean, my understanding there is that the, the whole point of those screens is that you're shooting out UV light. And the whole point of UV light is that it causes reactions to happen. Like, that's that's the point. But it, yeah. it also means it's destroying itself as it goes. Right. And, and that's why <laughs> that there's that durability issue there of the screen itself. Right. But I would love to see future generations of these printers being made so that it is very easy and logical how to replace a screen. Like it, yeah. like it should be very easy to take that screen out. Like it, it should be changing a light bulb easy. Um, well, you say the, light bulb. The, the DLP printers were supposed to be that solution. Yeah. Because it is a light bulb and it is easy to change. Mm-hmm. And the lifespan for that DLP printer, that obviously mine didn't work at all, but the lifespan they told me was 50,000 hours. It's a big difference. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what the failure points were on there. But yeah, it would be awesome if yeah. if they figured out a way around some of these common failures. Um, yeah, yeah. Two of my failures seem to be related to the screen. Two of my failures seem to be related to the uh, the linear actuator, the 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 up right. and down travel uh, but anyway 3d printing is a whole thing it is it is no joke <laughs> um but i i will say this for it one of the things that that folks don't talk about enough is that all the time you spend messing around with a printer you spend a lot less time assembling miniatures that is true. So one thing I want to hold up is a dinosaur riding a dinosaur. This is kind of a, a raptor being ridden by a, a Saurian veteran warrior, and they've both got armor on, and they got claws and weapons and everything. One piece, printed out as one piece, pull the supports off, clean it up, there you go. If this were a plastic kit, 15 <laughs> yeah. pieces, easy. At least, easy. yeah. Yeah. And 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 not how you would think they are. Like half no. the tail and like one foot and part of the the snout of the bottom dinosaur would be like one piece. Like somehow you slip that on the side. You have to glue that like last, you know. Yeah, some ridiculous piece of plastic you have to cut out. So, anyway, I am I'm excited for you, Casey. You're going to be moving, and then you're going to mm-hmm. be getting your printers back up and running, and I'm yeah. wishing you the best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, I might have to, uh, yeah, help you print some stuff out if that other printer goes down. You don't get the other one. So, <laughs> yeah, you got, you, got some, you got some minis to print because you got like a full, full-size table army to do, right? You got to actually paint a full army. I mean, it's a, it's not quite a, a, it's not as big as you might think it is. It's probably 20 okay. minis or so, but maybe oh, 25, I don't know. But that's there's, there's a lot of detail in there, a lot of cool variety. Maybe I should mm-hmm. count better. It's, it might be 30, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it's fine. It's like five. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's not a, not a big difference. Um, well, that's not bad. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I wish you the best of luck and I hope that your printers don't have any failures <laughs> or you printer. <laughs> we need, we need Jawas for, for 3d printers. Right. We need, yeah. yeah. Like a, like a, 
Well, it would really just be a nerd in a van is what it would be. It would be someone with a, a panel van who's just driving around. Yeah, yeah. right yeah. on the side, Wootini 3D. Mm-hmm. Right, Wootini 3D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get the yeah. Wootini app on your phone and, and call them up and then they, yeah, for sure. they pull they up come to your over. house, they hit the horn, and, just, <laughs> and then you have to come out with your busted 3D printers and... <laughs> Just spend a couple hours in the back of their van. Yeah, it's only for barter. They stop in front of your house and then they just line up like various old 3D printers outside of their van. And you go and you'd be like, what about about that one? The red one. The red one. The red one. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it's got a busted actuator. What are you trying to pull? Yeah, this FEP needs to be cleaned. Get on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's a valid business for anyone that wants to take that idea and drive to my house and fix all of my 3D printers. I mean, I'd down be down for just figuring out how to cannibalize a couple to get the others running. That would be a start. Yeah, well, so that that DLP that that broke on me, I did take out everything that I could and like replaced some of the other stuff on my other printers that it it's the same size of. So, like, I had extra FEPs. Cool, those can go on my uh, photon now. Um, the actual vat that came with it was a metal one mm. instead of a plastic one, so I upgraded that on my other printer. Uh, the hood that that's over it, the big like you know square box that you drop on top like uh my other uh any cubic one is looking like crap because i've just made a mess of it and like tried to clean it and so there's like cured resin on the sides and stuff so i just tossed that shit and you know put the new one on that it fits perfectly so i did i did what i could you know that's that's as far as i got but that's good yeah you're actually reminding me so the one-page rules and the 16-page rules, then a couple of pages for my Saurian store host and the uh, Warp Demons. Mm. I printed those all out on, mm-hmm. I think, a 16-year-old laser printer sitting next to my computer here. Okay. And I do remember going through the trash at work and finding, like, <laughs> basically my printer and, like, pulling out, like, toter cartridges for the trash <laughs> at work. I've kept this thing going with the, the Jawa style. But. That's pretty good, because that's... Man, like, I've not had a printer last for more than, like, a year and a half. I swear. I've gone through so many printers. Look, you go <laughs> to the thrift store, you're looking for an HP 1020. An HP 1020, that's what you want. That's the good stuff right there. I think my right parents there. still have one of those. Uh-huh. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the <laughs> same thing they still use. <laughs> I know that printer yeah. well. Yeah. It it has a manual option for doing double sided, so you oh yeah yeah so you, you have to let go it. and feed the the paper back in after the first mm-hmm. run, and if yeah. you get it lined up right, you get double sided printing. You put it into nice little plastic three ring binder pages here, and and you know what, Casey, you know what? Oh god, you didn't do there that, you did go. you? Yeah, I to did. make that. Okay. You seriously, <laughs> you manually fed to double side those. It lets you do it a stack worst. at a time. You don't have to do it one page at a time. I mean, okay, yeah. that's good, because yeah. that's what I was th- I'm just thinking, here's Brent standing there next to a printer, like, all right, page one. <laughs> like, okay, put it in just right, and then hit the button, it goes back through. Like, you did that 16 times. <laughs> Once. 
that right which is good yeah, i'm glad yeah 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 um and this is this is Goobertown cat's lore but snuffles loves the printer like mm. if if the computer restarts or something and the printer goes snuffles will just run across the room and be standing <laughs> next to the printer waiting for it to do something so mm -hmm. she was just uh she was inconsolable for for a little while there with yeah. 16 <laughs> sides of paper cut out. <laughs> I love how I love how the uh, Goobertown Cats channel has so much about it that you can consider it lore. That's that's pretty deep. That's pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> what, one more thing about this binder. It's like, what? Why, why does Brent have this fancy binder? Look, this used to have a lot of pages from uh, Warhammer 40k 8th edition in there, which is now completely worthless. So I threw out like 50 pages of, of Warhammer 40k 8th edition. Made a lot of room for one page rules. I'll tell you what, I eat all the... Get all oh, the sheets yeah. in here if I wanted to. <laughs> I think that's probably what I would want to do is take whatever the current set is and just get it all printed out, have everything print out a bunch of models and, and just be like, Oh, here, here you go. You know? So you can set it up and nobody has to bring any books. It's just all right there. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. What's going on with you, Casey? Mm. Well, we're talking about putting models together. What a pain in the ass that can be. And I have been like elbows deep in conquest. The last argument of Kings version 2.0 i don't even know anymore uh conquest minis uh brent and i played conquest at adepticon we also did we didn't play it but we we found out a lot about it at gamma last year and it's something that i've been wanting to get into like we tried to get into uh we we both both of us bought a starter set from this terrible ebay seller called trains with a z and both of us got refunded that that order. And I, I kind of been sitting on that for a while. And I finally went for it. I bought the Old Dominion starter box. And I've been building those models. And let me tell you, like, it's nice quality plastic. But it's taken me forever. I mean, granted, there's like 42 models in the box. But, man, I, I seriously have spent two or three days trying to put them together and I'm just having the hardest time and I don't know why they're not like more difficult than anything else like games workshop kits but for some reason these are a pain and Brent's pulling out his conquest box have you had the same issue I've like, also been putting together that? conquest the old dominion uh, models this week Casey <laughs> Yeah. And I have also been spending many, many hours on them. Um, okay, it's not just me. No, it's not just you. Not just you. They're they're pretty good models. The there's Yeah. There's there's a few gaps in there. I wish there was a little more variety on each sprue, but in the scheme mm -hmm. of things, they're really not bad. They're pretty cool. So Yeah, I mean for the fact that they're like rank and flank style on movement trays and they're supposed to fit like that, they're pretty uh like they're not super statically posed, right? They're pretty dynamic. Uh, and they all, you know, while they look the same, they feel cohesive rather than like samey, right? Uh, at least from the, the old dominion stuff I've been putting together. Um, 
like there's little bits and bobs you can put on to kind of differentiate each one. There's, you know, uh, different arms. Like there's tons of extra bits in the starter box that I have. Uh, tons of extra heads, tons of extra arm options. Um, well, I mean, I have the single player starter. Mm, okay. So I, I didn't get two armies in it. I just went for the straight one army. Uh, so I don't know if that's different. If the sprues are different, probably not. But um, yeah, it feels decent. But the gaps for sure have been an issue in a couple of them. I, I know you were talking about, we were talking earlier, uh, building the legionnaires in there. And there's some gaps on the sides. Because it's like a two-piece body that just fits together, which is fine, but it, it's a little, it's not quite snug enough. Right. Um, the the ghosty boys in, in that set are a little bit worse, and one of them in particular, instead of being a two-part, is a three-part I know the one body. you're talking about. Yeah. I, I actually think, I think the gaps might be less noticeable in those boys. Less noticeable in there because everything's made of like organic looking smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of smoke and robes and, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of like folds and robes. And if the if the seam is is inside a fold in a robe, mm-hmm. it's a little bit easier to hide. Yeah. So. Although fiddly, fiddly arms. That's I tell true. you, that's true. Yeah, they look they look really good though. So I've been I've been putting that together like. Uh, my local hobby shop, uh, Game Castle, actually opened up in, in Reno uh, a couple of years ago. And they do a lot of conquest nights. Uh, Parabellum was actually here when Gamma was here doing like a bunch of demos and they went to that store. So they sell conquest at my local store, which is pretty cool. Um, and I'm part of uh, like an escalation league that I'm not currently participating in. But a lot of people are actually involved. It's it's been cool to see because I'm I'm just seeing you know Discord, you know posts going up and people setting up games and talking about armies and you know it's kind of nice because it's it's a pretty small game right now and uh, it's got a cool scene going on at least where I'm at. So it's kind of exciting and I'm hoping at some point maybe get a game in. I know that that we played and it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can do that again. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Just finally took the plunge, and I'm going to make a video about it and everything. Uh, you going to get them all painted up at once? I'm not going to attempt to paint them because I'm still not even done building them. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but I did I did happen to pick up a, a Dweg home, a Hold Ray. Yeah, which is all foreign, honestly, but it's a, a, a little squat dwarf. And uh, yeah, you're painting some of those, or you're you're building some of those. I've been building some Dweg homes. I'll tell you that. Some Dweg homes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like the the leader of that, or one of the leader guys. Um, it's all resin too, which is interesting, and presents a whole other list of modeling issues, but. Uh, yeah, I decided this week I'm gonna I painted that up to like a pretty good standard. I think it turned out pretty good, and I'm gonna send them to Brent in the mail because I That's don't really kind uh, of you. I don't need those Dwight Combs. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I thought you'd enjoy that. I need a yeah. I need a leader for my dwarfs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, gotta have the leader. I appreciate that. And oh I'm, yeah. I'm thinking blue armor. 
Or maybe green armor. Well, he's green, so... <laughs> I'm thinking green armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you made that green. choice easy, Casey. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good. That Hopefully that helps, and it's not like, well, I wouldn't pick that green. <laughs> well, we'll see what kind of green we're talking about here. Yeah, well, yeah. this this guy, is, he's, he's different, right? So it's fine. He is. He's supposed to stand out. He's yeah. like, look, y'all are wearing this like royal jade green. Uh, I'm not. That's him. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's more of that like uh, pale green. But then I took some like green ink and put it all over it. So it's got that kind of like translucent green. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Well, thanks, man. That that That's fun. Yeah. Conquest, Conquest is interesting. There, there are definitely some people getting into it, and mm-hmm. like I said last time at Adepticon, I was noticing some trends. One, everybody's starting to use CoCast. All the small companies are using CoCast now. That's cool. Two, everybody's talking about one-page rules. One-page rules wasn't even at uh, Gen Con. I said Adepticon. I meant Gen Con. Three, right. Conquest. Everybody's talking about Conquest. Look, Conquest had a really good coupon at Gen Con, so maybe that was why, but, like, people are talking about Conquest. That helps, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that's awesome that you finally finally bought on in and got your your old Dominions and building those up. Nice. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't take me another five days to build the last 12 guys. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I've, I've talked about it before. I just, I don't like building models. I really don't like, I don't know what it is. It's, it's time consuming. Like it's the thing that I don't want to be doing in the process of miniature painting. Right. Like I want to be priming. I want to be painting. (laughs) Right. Like I've got all these ideas swimming around and I get to this point with building. I'm just like, I, I need to do something. Like, luckily, it, it, this week, I had that home guy to kind of, like, fall back on. Because, like, I, I'd build a little bit because I'm like, I want to at least have these models finished for the video I'm making so I can show them, right? It's That's really all it's for. Yeah. You know, this this effort. But I, I had him to go back to a paint for a little while, film that, and then I'd go back to building and, like, watching something. And I'd go back to painting. And so, so I kind of broke it up a little bit. But, man. I just, I don't know, cleaning models, gluing them together, like, just kill me. I can't uh, I love it. I love I know. it. I, I know. love <laughs> scraping mold lines and putting models together. But we agree, uh, it is a massive time sink. Like, yeah, it really yeah, is. After, after you spend a couple of days of, like, all your hobby time going to gluing together 12 dwarfs, you're like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I better paint <laughs> these. <laughs> Well, and that Tamiya Thin, man, like, I like it, but I swear it gives me a headache. I don't know. It might be that or just the the sheer just sitting there for hours scraping and staring, and I don't know what it is. Too much focus, maybe, but yeah. I mean, I used to just not even care about mold lines because I just didn't want to bother. I just wanted to get to the next step, right? And now I can't do that. Because every time I've ever had a mold line on a model, somebody says something. So I can't. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Can't have mold lines. All right. So 
Casey, let's let's switch to our topic of the day. Let's actually do it. Let's do our topic of the day. Sounds Common good. painting mistakes. And how to avoid them. Yeah. One of the or, ones I wrote down sorry. was mold lines. I know. Yes. That's why I segued us into this main topic with a mold lines discussion. Oh, you were playing this? Okay, nice. I mean, I, I thought it was smooth. <laughs> Real nice. Okay. All, all I want to say here is after you prime your mini and you notice a mold line, it's not too late. Do it. Do what you got to do. Scrape yeah. off the primer that's over that mold line and get it done. You'll be glad you did. Or you, you will, will regret it if you don't. If you... Yeah. <laughs> so I've got I've got I've got three step process to not have a mini that's all painted and then that still has mold lines and it, it makes you upset. Three step process. Three one, steps. One, scrape the mold lines on your bits and then put your model together. Mm -hmm. Two, the next day, fresh pair of eyes, fresh light, a, a brand new day, coffee in your hand. Look at the model again. Look at the whole model. Scrape scrape mold lines again on the whole model. Yeah. Just, just just give it a give it a second look over. Step three, prime your mini. Look at it again. It's not too late. If you primed over a mold line, you'll be able to see it now. Scrape it now. Get it now. Get it now. You can see them better if you like. You prime in black mm -hmm. and it's dry. You you can see the mold lines a lot better. And if you didn't quite scrape something down, uh, and I mean I've I've I made videos about this too. Like I had a mold line right down a a star priest face, right. And you know that that's that's too much for me. That at that point when it's like right there, right on the face. So I scraped it back. I used a little bit of Vallejo paint on primer. You literally can't tell. And it was like a ten minute process. Like that seems fine, but you are making me hate mold lines and building models even more. Saying that three steps is like three full days. <laughs> I just made that up, but it makes sense. Three steps. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. It makes sense. For all of these painting <laughs> problems, we're going to address them with three-step processes. Okay. I hope we can do that. <laughs> I, I have faith in you. All right. <laughs> we'll figure this out. <laughs> Three steps. Um, okay. A good, a good one. One of the ba most basic common painting mistakes is not thinning your paints. And I mean, I think a lot of us have heard that, too thin coats, thin your paints, all this stuff. But it's still something that I think a lot of people run into. I mean, I certainly still buy models off of eBay that were painted with, you know, non-thin paints. Um, three steps to avoid that. Uh, put your paint on a palette. Get some water. Because you need to clean your brush, right? And so you use that water to then thin your paint to a nice, you know, even consistency that's not too thick. Um, third step, put paint on the model. This isn't working. We, we no, this is a terrible idea. Th I can't thin do Thin your paints. Thin your paints. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a straightforward singular thing. Just a little bit of water, thin it out and then make sure it's running nice and smooth coats. off the brush. Yeah. Three, there you go. That's the three. I mean, some step colors one, do require. Paint, step two, one thin coat. Step three, <laughs> two thin coats. Yeah, okay, okay. That's perfect. That's so good. All right, we're back on track with the three things. <laughs> I love it. Next. All right, all right. Let's see here. Um, I'm going to throw out uh, not priming. 
Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's I like that. Yeah. Because wait, you mean do it. Prime your models. Prime your models. Prime your models. Yeah, it's better. That's what I thought. Don't do it is a bad prime metal thing. Models, you want to prime, prime plastic models. Prime CO cast and two part resin handcrafted yeah. models. Yeah. And uh, those Nulzers pre primed models. Yeah, you should prime those too. Don't, don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Step one strip don't the buy Nulzers it. models. Yes. Step two, I would. Dry. Uh, Step three prime the Nulzers. I models. literally would because <laughs> they prime over the mold lines. And, like, it's already built and it's supposed to be ready to go, but, like, you're not going to enjoy that and you're going to have to scrape it, which means you have to reprime it. So, if you get a Nolzer's model, strip it, remove the mold lines, then prime it. That's legit. Like, One, you two, need three. to do that. Boom. Yeah. So, that wasn't even a thing. Wasn't even on the list. Freebie. But you should prime your models for real. Step one. Wait for frameworks to go on sale, which it is. <laughs> Step two. Which it is, yeah. <laughs> I got an ad Trim for that today from a sto- like an online store, and it was like 40% off oh, yeah. of a big box of like frameworks. Yeah. It was not, not I, I saw a bargain bin at Gen Con when I was there. I meant to say that last time, Oof. but there, I mean, it was only 40%, only 40% only off. Only 40% but, off. But like... Four months after release, so it's not great. Yeah, it's no, no. The frameworks line is dead. It was a a massive tragic failure, unfortunately. That could have turned into something really nice too. Those kobolds, man. Look, everybody's like Brent just keeps (sighs) talking about these kobolds. Why is Brent talking about these kobolds? I mean, technically, you killed that line. Seven kobolds for fifty (laughs) dollars. Well, now they're now they're like. 55 or no what 35 i don't know they're 40 percent off now it's somewhat reasonable <laughs> it's a little better that's not bad yeah yeah right think about like, that. Okay. Maybe, maybe that would have been a good call in the first place yeah well whatever it's neither the time nor the place it's not the time nor the place okay um but as far as priming goes uh you know you can use a brush on primer and you know make sure it goes on thin enough you know to not clog any of the details but get good coverage um airbrush priming a little bit more advanced if you know you just bought a brush and some paints but definitely a way to go if you end up having an airbrush um rattle cans though i straight up use like the black flat stuff from krylon or some such i don't even know it's like the dollar 50 bottle and like I've never had a problem with that stuff. It dries rather quick and it, it looks nice. Like, in fact, the best priming that I've, I get is not from my airbrush usually. Yeah. Well, you live in uh, Reno. That's a, that's a dry heat. True. Yeah. Today was 103. I primed something and it dried in like two minutes. I just left it outside. a nice prime job. I'm, I'm jealous of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got to go on nice and thin, not too close, uh-huh. not too uh-huh. far. You know, make sure you get even thin coats um, and that way your paint just adheres to the model. You don't have to worry about it flaking off or anything, especially on metal models. I usually do a, I usually do two coats of primer for a metal model, you know, keeping it as thin as possible, but still two, two coats does seem to hold up a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I don't tend to have a lot of chipping issues on pewter. Um, I just assume that's 
probably why, or maybe because I don't toss my models around too much. I don't know. But that seems like a good way to go. Keep it thin, even. Prime your minis. Right you'll on. be sorry if you do not. Right on. What's next? Common painting mistakes and how to avoid them. Mm. Throw, hit me. Throw it out there. Okay. Putting wash on a light color model. You got okay. a, you got a stormtrooper that you yeah. want to look like a stormtrooper and you prime it white and you got mm-hmm. some black wash. Don't do it. That's that don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> do, but yeah, there's exceptions if you want them to be a dirty stormtrooper. There's exceptions if you're using a fancy oil wash and you got a whole system for removing the mess that you're about to create. That's but how I painted stormtroopers. If you have an acrylic wash and you got a stormtrooper, don't do it. Don't don't do it. It's not going to look yeah. good. Don't yeah. don't wash white surfaces. And I'm going to go further. Don't wash big flat areas. It's not going to mm-hmm. do anything. Not going to do anything good, you know? Right. So, yeah, yeah the, here's here's a common mistake. You 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 think that uh, washes are liquid talent, talent in a bottle. You, you, I, I put that on everything, like Frank's Red Hot Sauce. Not mm-hmm. everything. Not everything. No, and not this not is everything. this is something that happens to me a lot too, where I've got a model, I've got my base coats on there, and you know I'm looking at my my pot of wash. After all, why shouldn't I? No, <laughs> you learn this every time the, the really light colors. If you put a wash on it, it's going to darken it up by like eight shades. And yeah, your storm per- troopers are, are going to turn into like gray blobs that right. don't look good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier, painting lighter colors over darker colors, like that's going to take you a lot of coats and those stormtroopers are going to start to look a little chalky. Yeah, that's not good. So in that situation, I would recommend doing uh, a little bit of uh, panel lining or pin washing of of putting the wash exactly where you want it. If there's some recesses, then yeah, there should be a wash in that panel, in that uh, armor panel or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, just put it in right where you want it. But if you're dealing with a really light color base coat and you're thinking about adding some washes for definition, well, I don't know about that. My my advice would be don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, since we're talking about stormtroopers, though, here, okay. here's a, a pro tip. Okay. Now, you paint your stormtrooper white, right? Like you, you spray it down with some white paint. So you base coat it or you prime it in white. Stormtrooper armor is pretty shiny, right? So you can gloss varnish, just get another can, gloss, coat mm-hmm. the thing, right? So now you got shiny white armor. Now get yourself some Tamiya black panel liner because now you have white armor, you have a glossy surface, and just take the little brush out of that Tamiya panel liner, it's real tiny, and you just dab each of the little spots and lines and crevices and whatever. The gloss varnish will allow that Tamiya panel liner to line the model and not hurt your white and you get a nice shiny stormtrooper in pretty pretty quick amount of time it's a good way to go that is a good way to go I like that yeah 
What's up next? Let's see here. Let's see here. Probably should have looked at this a little bit before. Um, putting out patient between well, coats of fine. paint. What do you got to say about that, Casey? I was gonna say something else. That's fine. No, oh, no. Being more patient between coats of paint. I'm trying to think of a good three rule system for that. Uh, wait for it. You get a snack. Or something. Yeah, get a snack. You get a drink. You know what you do. Right. You you pour yourself a little drink. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then you, you forget three your snack. fingers you get back of up. drink. Yeah. Three at least that. Yeah. If you're painting. <laughs> um. If you don't wait for your coat of paint to dry and you put another layer of acrylic paint on top of it, you run the risk of reactivating that paint and tearing it off. Right. Right. Because it's not fully dry and you move the brush over that and all of a sudden it creates texture and it screws up the paint underneath. And that just doesn't look good. And it's a, a pretty common thing, I think, when you start out painting especially like you you just don't even really think about it you're like oh, i'll just put paint over that it looks dry feels dry like it, it does need to sit for like a good minute or two before it's realistically dry. like 30 minutes is plenty right i mean yeah it, it, it depends, like if you, you want to be that i wouldn't yeah. be that patient with it like a couple of minutes yeah i mean that's yeah it seems generally okay so i've got uh a corollary to that one, which is after you've like put a couple of br brush strokes down, stop. Mm -hmm. It's like it, it, this is this is a good one, but like you're, I don't know, you're, you're painting something black. We, a couple of brush strokes is enough. Get get the paint on there, right? And then stop. I see what you're saying. Because if you keep trying to work with that wet paint, you're not doing anything good, but that paint is drying. And you're eventually yeah. going to get some of those tearing issues that you were just talking about, Casey, of, mm -hmm. yeah. After you put those first couple of strokes down, it is time to stop, back off, and let it dry. Let your paint dry. Yeah. Well, that, that does kind of play into the whole, you know, thin your paints, several thin coats, right? Because, like, your first coat isn't going to cover all the way. So if you keep working that paint, you're going to tear it up. And if it doesn't quite cover all the way after the first few brush strokes, fine. That's fine. Move on. Wait for it to dry. Then when you do the second coat, it should cover pretty well. You know, and if it doesn't quite, then okay, let it dry again. This is like being patient, right? Then put another coat on it, call it done. As, as long as you're waiting for it to actually dry and you're not just continually working that paint, you'll get a smoother base coat. Yep, yep. Yeah. That that's actually kind of a, a difficult thing to like get used to, right? I mean, at least for me, it right. was like I just want the paint to be opaque. I don't want to be able to see through it, and this yeah, should be I, fine. If I keep so mashing it around, it'll eventually right. look opaque, right? Eventually, no. no, no once it's no. once you've got your layer on there, uh, that's what yeah. that layer is going to look like. That layer isn't going to look any better if you keep mashing it around. Let that dry. Right, exactly. Get yourself three fingers of whatever your favorite drink is. You drink that, and by the time you're done drinking that, you can come back with your next layer. Repeat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, another good one, another good one. Uh, I'm going to throw out there something good. Putting out too much paint. 
this is a thing and it sort of depends a little bit too on what you're what you're using it for but uh you know oftentimes you you sit down at your desk and you go hey i'm going to i'm going to paint this model i need red and blue and green and purple and beige and green and olive green and tan green and you know what all yeah, get that Tons of set up brother yeah get it right, all right. set up right but uh if you're using like a regular dry palette or a paper or whatever it is uh, you're you're probably not going to be painting as fast as you think you are no and most of that paint will be wasted most, most. one color at a time right and if if that little paint bubble on your palette dries and you have to jab your bristles to like penetrate the surface in order to get fresh paint, please just put new paint on your palette. That is a common painting mistake. Don't right. avoid that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Because yeah. you're going to do a couple things, right? You're going to end up getting clumps of dried paint in your paint, which is going to ruin your paint job. And you're not even going to realize why. And you're going to mash your bristles and ruin your brush, which is a whole other thing. And that's just not, it's not good all around. So it's cool. You know, I know this paint can be expensive, but it's okay. Puts, put a little bit more out there, use what you need to, and then move on. Treat yourself, treat yourself to that second drop of paint. Yes. And it's going to yes. be yeah, all fresh and, and flow smooth and nice and everything. Yeah. yeah. You, you've I, earned it. Get yourself It sucks that because it is expensive. Yeah. It's feel bad situation. Like you're setting yourself up to feel bad. So try and avoid that. And uh, it'll, it'll dry slower if you use a wet palette. Well, that was the other thing. If you're using a wet palette, then okay, sure. Go for it. Right. You're not going to get those terrible films quite as fast yeah. with a wet palette. Yeah, not nearly as fast. Although here where I live, it's like. I literally have to have a water bottle, squirt bottle next to me to continually refill my wet palette because it does dry out pretty quick. I do too. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, yeah. I'm sure it's not as fast as where you are, but I also have <laughs> a, well, here it is. Squeezy this bottle. This is a uh, mustard or a ketchup bottle. Oh, and so I just, I just put the, the point into like oh, the corner my of my wet palette and just give it a couple of good squeezes. Just, just uh, fill that right up. What do you have a mister? I, I highly recommend going to get the the tattoo style squeezy bottles. Yeah, let me just. I'm gonna grab. Are those different than a ketchup bottle? Uh, yeah, they're not for ketchup. <laughs> Mustard. All right. So this is one of my, my paint bottles, right? I'm holding it up. It's basically. You call that a tattoo bottle? That's what you call that? Uh, on Amazon, that's basically what they're called. Yeah. Okay, like tattoo yeah, so squirt bottles yeah. that for tattooing or tat, you know, it actually says that in a lot of the descriptions. What they call in the titles. really okay. That's just in every. I don't know what in every chemistry laboratory. Them. There's there's those for like four different solvents, but yeah, okay, cool. All cool, right, cool. Mister PhD in chemistry, what's your excuse for using a ketchup bottle? <laughs> fair, fair. No, yeah. <laughs> Casey's bottle has a, a nice little neck on it, so you don't have to turn the bottle entirely upside down to squirt it at your wet palate, which right, you literally probably is more convenient and results in less <laughs> squirting your entire palate down with way too much it's true. ketchup water. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, those ketchup bottles are designed for, like, quantity of ketchup. 
Now, I want to be clear for the listeners who don't have the visual aids. I am not talking about a Heinz bottle that I cleaned out. No, no. Not this is a like a restaurant Heinz bottle. bottle. Not a glass Heinz bottle. I'm talking about a fresh bottle that has a, a nipple on the top that puts out a reasonable amount of water when you squeeze it. it, it a reasonable amount of ketchup, which is thick. Right. I'm talking about the things that, that like a refillable bottle that you might find on your table at a at a very cheap burger place. Right, exactly. Yeah, the, 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 the like refillable. Has like Pepsi branding on the cups that they serve you. That, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The like best kind of terrible diners. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's so wet palettes, right? Like, they work. <laughs> they do work. <laughs> I want to interject, Casey, that, that yeah. most of the times when we, when we purposely have a topic of the day, it's, uh -huh. it's not because we're, we're, we're really trying to get across this top ten list of three-step processes to make your painting avoid problems. We're just trying to start yeah. interesting conversations. It's a... It's a prompt That's, for that us. Is true. We're just going to see it where is. it goes. Yeah. Like on top of, I mean, I, I did write the thing like thinking, you know, this, this could be useful for people. So I, I not oh, that yeah, the information we're giving you is bad, right? minutes of me complaining about how far my printers aren't working. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you monster. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's, a, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, we really shouldn't be complaining about anything, honestly. <laughs> <sighs> so, okay, next one on the list I wrote down is uh, not using the proper products, right? A lot of people think that craft paints are a perfectly viable option for painting miniatures. And I think there's a couple of reasons why that's not true. While they kind of do work, in order to get better at painting and to, to get into the hobby more and to improve, those paints aren't going to take you very far because they're just too difficult to actually make work properly to do the techniques that most miniature painters who've been painting for a while tend to use in order to get better and to get better results. So using apple barrel paints... Just, I wouldn't even wouldn't even think about it. Like unless you're painting terrain or something that's kind of throwaway, doesn't matter, foam or whatever. Don't don't put that on your model. Um. What's another good reason not to to do that, Brent? Because I already, no, I, you're right. I forgot. You're right. <laughs> I I want to say I had a second point, but I think I may have just covered it in the first one. Yeah. You don't feel like you need three points on all of these. Yeah. I mean, you are the think, one that think, set that I think bar. if you've got some craft paints and it's your very first couple of minis and you just want to move some paint around like, and, and see if you can sort of see yourself, imagine yourself in the future owning nicer paints and having more fun painting than, eh, sure, rainy after day, rainy afternoon. You got yourself a Nalzers. You didn't bother to scrape the mold lines. Sure, go for it. I mean, look, if you're putting it on a Nalzers, I'll it don't it matter. You. It, it, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're not improving that model. <laughs> no, I I don't know. 
that's that's hard to agree with because I do think that having the proper tools when you start gets it gives you a better opportunity to know if you're gonna like it, right? It's like like if Fair. you want to learn how to play guitar and you pick up like the Walmart first act starter guitar, I I can almost guarantee you that you will not end up learning to play guitar. And it will be purely because of the way that the guitar actually is. It, like it's not a good instrument. It will not be comfortable. It won't work how it should. And you won't know why. Like, if you're going to learn how to play guitar, go spend a few hundred dollars on, like, an actual starter guitar that's proper, that won't hurt you, and, you know, in the long run. So that's, that's my analogy for that. Sure. Sure. Well, if, you've, if you have the money to buy a sweet guitar, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean... No, I, I, I got you. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. The, the apple barrel of guitars. Yeah, I hear you. Right, there are those, and then there's like the slight, like you can buy Army Painter, paints, the, the craft right? smart guitar, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, even even starting at something like like in the medium range of like Army Painter, I think would would be better. Sure, you know, like speed paints, right? Like that'll get you further, Absolutely. faster than Apple Barrel. Absolutely, for like a buck fifty more per bottle. Yeah. That seems fine. So we have something uh, written here about uh, painting bravely. I mean... Is that something you should or should not do? Why? Well, that's kind of the point of the podcast, I feel like. Probably should. At some point, this is episode 65, at some point we're just going to be like, you know what, we were fools. We should have just... <laughs> you should try it all. <laughs> yeah follow the tutorial it's there for a reason yeah, yeah that's why i made it so you'd follow it <laughs> um yeah obviously uh the namesake of this podcast paint bravely like we both started the podcast talking about that and how important it is to have that attitude and mindset before going into paint a mini like you, you need to try things. You need to experiment with things. You need to be comfortable with not doing it properly and then pushing through that and continuing. So being brave with your painting and just going for it because you're going to learn something and it's going to improve and it's going to be better every single time that you sit down and paint a new model. So I think that is a hugely important part of the process and something that people don't really think about, you know, when they get started in miniature painting, like, the emotional side of painting is relevant, right? Like you do need to be thinking about it and actively in the process in order to improve. So yeah, paint bravely the podcast. Well, on that note, See, now i got to scroll down and find it. That Thank you again for joining us in another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving a review on iTunes. I said that right. Subscribing to the YouTube channel and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time.